thanks for joining us for another episode of the Appledore Research Podcast. My name is Robert Curran, Consulting Analyst with Appledore. As ever, we're here to share insights on the transformation of telecom in the era of cloud, network automation, and AI. If you enjoyed today's podcast, make sure to follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter. Now, enjoy the show. Amdocs is a $5 billion company with 31,000 employees in 90 countries and has 400 customers. It's one of the few telecom-focused technology companies that's actually increased in value. It's now worth over $10 billion. It's the largest vendor in BSS. But all of that is starting to feel just like a warm-up act for something much, much bigger. Last year, Appledore attended the Amdocs Up Close Analyst event. And there were some pretty amazing statements made there about Amdocs' strategy, essentially widening its scope way beyond telecom to address sectors like banking, insurance, financial services. The CEO, Shuki Sheffer, said that the strategy would see Amdocs playing in a market worth almost three times bigger than its current addressable market, 60 billion versus 25. That's like going from playing on a tennis court to a football pitch. It's a completely different game. Perhaps no company is more strongly associated with the business of telecom as Amdocs is. And so if our industry really is transforming, transitioning, or being disrupted, it's pretty much a given that Amdocs will be right in the middle of it. So we're delighted to have the opportunity to talk today with Avishai Sharlan, president of Amdocs Technology, about telecom industry change. My colleague, John Abraham, who's been tracking the evolution of the BSS market for well over a decade, is also here with me to provide some context. Avishai, welcome. Welcome to the Appledore podcast. Thank you. Thanks uh, for having me. It's a pleasure being here. Avishai, let's let's start with briefly uh, a summary of the the scope of your responsibilities at Amdocs because it is pretty broad. Yeah, it is. Actually, when you started, you know, um, um, opening this uh, chat between us, uh, and you looked into Amdocs being uh, or playing in. Uh, in a tennis court, trying to look into a football court. Um, I don't play tennis and I, and I don't understand anything about football, but uh, <laughs> I did play bas- basketball many years. So um, I'll, I'll tell you, I'm responsible for everything related to our technology end-to-end, meaning starting from our BSS offering, um, the different uh, billing and charging solution of ours, the monetization engines, obviously, all the digitized revolution relating to our front-end uh, technologies, our low-code, no-code technologies, our commerce engines, our catalogs, and, and going through the network domains, the OSS domains, um, and um, our automation plays over there, the inventory, the end-to-end orchestration, um, and the uh, technology around everything, meaning the AI play, the data play, the infrastructure play, the cloud play, and the um, revolution of our suite into the new ecosystem. Okay, I, I, I was right to, to characterize it as pretty broad. I know that gives you busy. And you mentioned, of course, one of the key topics. You know, in, in AI and more recently in Gen AI, it, it seems like Amdocs has been very enthusiastic, aggressive in, in taking that on board. In 2004, we're all certainly going to see Gen AI be right at the top of the agenda. One of the things that, that we kept hearing through last year, um, you know, in feedback and surveys and conversations we were having was that, was that the executive leadership in telecom really didn't have a good understanding of AI, let alone generative AI. Uh, and I wondered, you know, 
Amdocs, you know, you're clearly engaged right at the top of telecom companies, big and small. I just wonder whether, you know, given your remit and the conversations you're having, do, do you think that the telecom executives are getting a better handle on on what Gen AI can do for them or and what it can't do for them? Uh, you know, where should they, you know, push on the gas and, and where should they just proceed with a bit more caution? Do you think there's a better understanding right at the top level of leadership in telecom about these topics? Uh, I'll say, first of all, they're all over it. All of them are all over it. And I think that the um, magnitude and focus that you can see in the industry is huge. Everybody is looking to play with Gen AI. Everybody is looking into how can they utilize it. And it comes, I think, from uh, several uh, different angles. One, obviously, is to do with the fact that Gen AI is touching every aspect in our life. So even if you are not coming from the telco industry, you've heard about it in the news, you read it about it in the in the newspapers, your uh, spouse is speaking about it, your children are all over it. So Gen AI is touching every corner in our life. So you cannot avoid it. You cannot say, you know, this is uh, out of uh, uh, my cycle. The second thing, it relates to one of the very important missions that every one of us has, which is reducing TCO. And Gen AI tackles this immediately. Um, and it also addresses many aspects of automation and, and addresses customer experience and the overall um, digitized environment. So I think Gen AI is there in every aspect. And you see that every big player, small player, or mid-sized player is touching Gen AI in many, many different facets. And, and those conversations, one of the other things that occurs to me is just this challenge of velocity, that this is this area is changing faster than anything. You know, telecom is used to, you know, waves and generations and, you know, seven to 10 years. Do you get a sense that top of telecom, they understand this is all moving very, very fast and with, with potential for fast impact? Yeah, I think that the industry kind of got used to different pace due to the web scalers and the cloud, uh, the cloud okay. era. So cloud kind of uh, shaken the industry uh, to adopt new ways of development, to adopt different life cycle of software uh, uh, mechanism to uh, to be much more agile and nimble. Uh, maybe not to the extent of Gen AI, but definitely 10 times more than what used to be in the past. So you were mentioning seven to 10 years generation, the cloud is bringing things in a cadence of, you know, sometimes weeks and maybe months. And, and, and Gen AI is now introducing even a faster pace or cadence. But in that sense, organization that fully adopt into the cloud ecosystem and fully adopt the cloud tooling and, and the operations techniques will find themselves uh, absorbing Gen AI much easier than those who didn't do it yet. So a follow-up to that question, Avishai, is um, sure. obviously, obviously Amdocs is sitting on top of a lot of telco-specific data. Uh, I think, as you rightly pointed out, once the initial excitement sort of subsided about Gen AI, uh, there was a lot more recognition of the importance of having context uh, specific to industry, you know, and uh, especially when it comes to telco, there is a lot of data that you have access to, a lot of expertise built over the years. Um, so what can telcos expect in terms of uh, how they adopt Genea. Is it going to be a similar process as just buying a new software or is it going to be 
you know, partnering on figuring out what to do with this technology. Uh, you know, th- th- there's a lot of questions being asked, John. How exactly do we derive value from Gen AI? Is it going to be a, a, a leap, a giant leap forward, not just in what Gen AI can do, but also in how we run our operations with it? If that makes sense, Abhishek. A lot, John, and I think it's an excellent question. I think that the answer comes from uh, in different levels. I'll try to address uh, several of those. So first of all, Gen AI is going to, for sure, change the way we develop software. Gen AI is going to be injecting into what we call the development life cycle and improving many methods and techniques that were, uh, uh, that, that are being, you know, used on an ongoing basis. Uh, I'll give you an example. Testing can become much more efficient uh, with Gen AI. Or documentation can 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 be um, enhanced using Gen AI, and, and there are many other. Obviously, the development itself, conjunction, uh, the way the the way we, the quality of your of software can, uh, and 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 many other aspects. So this is one angle. The operational aspects is another angle, and you were rightfully pointing out that uh, in areas such as DevOps, and in areas such as uh, how to operate and how to manage um, a modernized uh, Kubernetes environment, uh, Gen AI can assist a lot in uh, uh, spawning new pods, uh, managing uh, bottlenecks and stuff like this. So this is, is another area it will, uh, it will assist a lot. Now comes a very interesting, I would call it another aspect, which, which is uh, from uh, the hype to reality. Many organizations trying to play with Gen AI at the end of the road understand that someone needs to pay money for the cloud vendors and someone needs to pay money for the LLM vendors for utilizing their technology. So something that looks uh, on the face of it as a good thing once it, uh, let's call it a reality check, okay? Once uh, you need now to punch and crunch the numbers, you, you, you may find that the use case is very costly and you cannot necessarily utilize um, and, and get the benefits because you need to pay uh, on the way. So what we're seeing now is the industry is maturing to adopt Gen AI and uh, not in a simplistic way of just saying, here is a use case, I'm going to do X, Y, Z, and then understand that it's going to cost me a lot. And this maturity is in different levels. One, you see maturity of the technology itself in terms of scale, in terms of uh, reliability, in terms of other aspects related to uh, enterprise-grade software. We can talk a bit more about it later. And the second element related to it, which is also very important, is the financial aspect. How much is it going to cost me to create an application or a use case utilizing all those beautiful technologies? And you're seeing that here lies a big, big difference between vendors Um, because it is not necessarily a straightforward answer. I can use this technology to create that thing. 
Sometimes you need to do it in a smart way. Sometimes you need to invoke open source LLM. Sometimes you need to do uh, some additional steps to reduce the overall cost of your use case and to make it much more tangible and let's call it uh, TCO um, responsive than the straightforward answer. Does it make sense? It does. It does. Uh, I'm assuming based on what you said, uh, you are looking at a whole new set of SLAs, for instance, uh, and operators would probably expect new ways of measuring success. I think one of the um, examples of um, concerns being raised around Gen AI is uh, once you have deployed it, how do we derive value? What sort of uh, assurance we have that this value can be attained over a period of time and so on. Because upfront, it looks quite shiny, very interesting, but translating that into, say, cost saved or improved efficiency is often a far more bigger question, right? So uh, again, if you have something to share around new SLAs that you might have, or you are talking with operators about, that'll be great. I'm not sure that I can share SLAs, but I, I am sure that uh, we can touch, I think, the characteristics of a good solution versus... Uh, so I've touched one angle, which is the use of LLMs in a smart way. So where to use and how to use different LLMs in order to reduce your overall TCO. This is one angle. The second angle that you, I think, you pointed out and which is very important is also the SLA and the time it will take to address your question. Meaning, uh, sometimes you can ask a question and, you know, it's a generic question about the weather in a specific area on the globe. And not necessarily you, you need an answer within, you know, a second or a split of a second or two seconds or what have you. And sometimes when it goes to the way you, you operate and if the Gen AI is now injected into the overall user experience, you need an answer and a fast answer. And if you are not being able to ensure such an SLA, the entire use case collapse. So you will see the industry adopting itself into providing SLAs, which in return will cost you more in order to fulfill them. And this goes back into the overall strategy about TCO. So if you want to ensure SLA, you need to pay more. If you want to ensure SLA, how do you make sure that the SLA also gets the right, quote unquote, uh, resources? So in many cases, it means, you know, that you need dedicated CPU power for yourself or the organization that you're working in. Um, so it's good for the chip vendors and it's good for, you know, the, uh, the web scalers. But uh, what's in it for you and how do you make the most out of it without, again, getting into a lot of uh, extra costs. So those are elements that are being addressed uh, in different ways and shapes uh, through different solutions in the industry. And I think you'll see more and more uh, areas uh, related to it uh, coming from the different vendors in order to address this uh, phenomena, which is causing issues. Avishai, you, you've, you've touched on you know, one of the a key theme that we often come up against in the industry, which is the extent to which telcos are, you know, conservative and don't really want change. You're talking about a, a technology that is hugely you know, disruptive. It's certainly, uh, you know, a massive accelerant on on change in the industry. And 
I wanted to ask you, do you feel like Itacos are are grasping that and, and about to become more innovative and more creative and, and say, actually, to your point, there are lots of ways that we can be better and improve things as opposed to simply saying, well, here's a, an incremental technology that solves you know, a part of a process we already have a problem with. Is Telco about to get exciting again <laughs> for those who think that it's kind of quite uh, quite conservative and uh, you know and, and stuck in its ways? In a way, I think it's a bit unfair to say to the telcos simply because um, we do need to remember that they need to support um, a legacy long tail of uh, solutions that, uh, for many regulation issues, they cannot you know uh, turn down. And unlike let's uh, the, the traditional cloud vendors say. This is going to be deprecated within the next six weeks. If not, you know, you know, go, go fetch here. They cannot, they cannot say it. They just simply can't. So they have a, a very long list of items that, uh, let's call it in a pure and not regulated uh, environment that would uh, for sure abandon. But uh, the fact that they need now to, to push them forward does not mean that they are not innovative and they are not uh, doing the right things. I do see many of them experimenting with new technologies when it comes to the network, with software driven solution, with slices and, 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 you know, the latest 5G um, mm-hmm. stuff. I do see many of them, as, as I mentioned, playing a lot and doing already uh, things with Gen AI, all of them, um, I think, uh, without any exception, are, are using the cloud in very smart ways and move to operate uh, with the cloud, either in a hybrid mode or in, a, you know, a mix of uh, public, private. Some of them are all already using several clouds, so uh, you do see multi-clouds uh, everywhere. Um, all of them are playing uh, uh, at the edge. So you see their networks are now becoming, you know, uh, somewhere blurred into the in, into a, a data center, an edge, um, and, and a private public cloud, and also uh, some permutations around it. So you see, you see innovation, you see changes, maybe not to the extent that you see the entire uh, telco changing, but definitely in specific areas and and. Uh, in, in specific domains, you see a lot of a lot of uh, very interesting and very uh, pioneering stuff, mm. uh, especially mm. when it comes to marketing and commerce and, and those because mainly because of competition as well. That's good to hear. New new stuff, exciting stuff, different stuff. I think was you know is going to be good for for everybody. Uh, something that seems to be changing in the industry and certainly changing with with Amdocs, and I, I wanted to get your thoughts on it is. Is the you know the rise of the ecosystem, particularly around some of the AI context as well, much more recognition you know from telcos from a from a buyer's point of view and even among the supply chain, is that you know there are so many technologies, so many ideas, so many areas of expertise that really you know no one company can can master, and you know from our view looking at, you know in from outside, it certainly seems like Amdocs has, has you know, some, done some pretty significant partnership arrangements in the last few years that seem to, you know, suggest this is the way the world is going, uh, you know, much, much bigger collaborations, if you like, too. I think we're interested to understand a bit more about is the, the NVIDIA tie-up and also your your relationship with, with Microsoft. John, I think you, you wanted to ask a question about uh, the Microsoft one in particular. Yeah. So 
for me, um, I think I have already said this previously, one of the most interesting announcements to come out of 23MWC was the MDOCS-Microsoft partnership. Not just because it is quite uncharacteristic for both companies to do such a high-level in-depth partnership on something that's quite core to both of them, but also because what it would do to the vendor landscape, having two such giants coming together. Um, and I know over the course of uh, last year, we have had some conversations on how that was evolving, how the CEP was coming together with um, with you know components from both Amdocs and Microsoft, which will be with, with the go-to-market completely controlled by Amdocs, for instance. Uh, and I was just curious to explore, given that you've had a year to go speak to your customers about this, uh, show them what you have in mind, the roadmap and so on. What are the key takeaways? Uh, I know the you know there's much ahead in terms of, you know, it's just been a few months since this has gone live, if my understanding is correct. So maybe you can just bring us up to speed, uh, Abhishek, on how this is coming together. Yeah. So it's, again, an excellent question. Uh, um the reason is that you know I just returned last week from a visit at the headquarters of Microsoft and spent a lot of time with them. So um, the cooperation is amazing. Uh, first of all, the openness, as you rightfully said, John, I think is uh, is something unique. Uh, we found true partnership in all aspects, in all levels, um, and 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 this I think is the base for uh, for good solutions to the market. Because once you have uh, the partnership and the understanding that uh, we're going to uh, address uh, the needs of the market, uh, we, we later on uh, fill it in with the right solutions. Now, we launched, as you rightfully said, uh, the mutual solution um, went live uh, recently and the market really likes it. Now, on top of it, what we didn't know a year ago, we already know now, we are adding Copilot to our, to, so obviously Microsoft has Copilot capabilities. We are going to inject Copilot capabilities uh, to all our products um, and, and we're going to, um, to work in tandem. So it means that uh, the, co the Microsoft Copilot will be able to um, uh, use our capabilities and vice versa. It means that uh, from a customer perspective, he will get the overall look and feel of using uh, quote unquote the same engine, which is a very powerful message uh, we're sending. And uh, this means that while a generic co-pilot uh, will know X things, our uh, capabilities with the telco taxonomy is going to bring it to a different level. The reason for us, uh, Working together, I think, was not just in the area of bringing um, a specific uh, solution. Um, I think, John, you touched the CEP. We're coming also with a new CPQ, CPQ Pro to the market, uh, which is a, a very powerful solution that is, that is addressing the B2B market with uh, unique capabilities. And this with our monetization engines and, and new billing technologies that we're bringing in the super smart catalog that has both Gen AI and AI capabilities, meaning you'll also have the co-pilot on one end, but at the same time, you'll be able also to get uh, machine learning out of uh, offering and, and harvesting the, the different uh, 
marketing uh, proposals and understanding how a specific uh, plan is being uh, adopted. Uh, I think all this together uh, as in, in one package is a very powerful and very unique uh, offering that we're uh, merging the power of Microsoft with ours. And Avishai, the, I think the NVIDIA announcement came along sort of mid, mid-year uh, last year. How does that how does that feature as you look at the uh, you know look at the the market opportunity? What's the significance of that? So for me, it was uh, almost uh, I would call it a natural step to take uh, the vendor that uh, dominates something like ninety percent of the uh, Gen AI market and to team up with them to utilize their unique. Uh, GPUs and technologies and to make them part of our overall uh, solution. So Amdox is coming with a solution uh, titled The Maze. It's the Amdox uh, Gen AI uh, framework, uh, which is going to utilize the NVIDIA chipset and and, uh, framework along with uh, other, as I said, LLMs such as Microsoft or in other cases, we're going to use uh, open source uh, and and our old tel- uh, telco taxonomy will be injected into it to create a holistic solution. So NVIDIA is another piece in the puzzle, a very important one, one that will allow us to address specific items, as you guys mentioned earlier, like SLA, uh, that will allow us also uh, to inject ourselves into environments that need solutions uh, uh, in different permutations, not using a specific cloud and others. NVIDIA are cloud agnostic. Uh, MA is all solution is also cloud agnostic. So we are having also solutions uh, working with Amazon and, and other vendors. So I think this, this in general, is, is something that uh, fits us in, in the philosophy and also in, in the strategy to move very fast and aggressive in this market with the, with the top uh, players. Great, great. Uh, and Avishai, before we wind up, um, I just wanted to bring up something that you spend a fair bit of time speaking about at the analyst event last year, which is the cultural change that's actually underway at Amdocs. Um, and the way you actually spoke about it was, you know, even as you're helping some of your customers do that, you are having to go through that process internally yourself. Uh, and we are seeing bits and pieces of it, new partnerships, you know, new architecture frameworks, you know, uh, so on. Uh, is there something that you can add to that? You know, how has it been, say, especially over the past year, that shift within Amdocs? I think I think uh, you see the fruits of your labors uh, through several things. A, we're seeing many hackathons that are being initiated. We see new um, guilds that are being formed without the need of me to guide them through. Um, there is a new cloud coffee uh, event, which is meeting uh, regularly. Uh, there are many, many uh, events of uh, the people, you know, uh, educating themselves who just concluded the several days of Gen AI education for the entire uh, company, led by our own team. We're seeing many, many uh, young people taking the lead and creating uh, either a community or a fast track or a hackathon, all the new Gen AI generation uh, positions within my organization um, are being, uh, you know, uh, filled by by people which are 
born, I will call it entrepreneurs that grew from this cultural change that, that, uh, that want to make the extra mile that uh, were exploring for different directions. And we kind of gathered and, and created this, uh, this group of people and they are doing amazing stuff. And, and you see it all over the place. You see the energy is completely different. You see the, the spark in the eyes. You see the, um, the, the level of innovation is, is much, is like exponential to, uh, if I compare it like 10 years back. Fascinating. We spend a lot of time talking with companies, you know, large and small, who are trying to, you know, change their, adjust their culture, you know, become reinvented. There's a lot of this telco to techco language around. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and obviously bigger companies are, are harder in principle to, to move than smaller ones. So it's very interesting to, to hear and to see what's going on at, at Amdocs in relation to these kind of changes. Fascinating. Um, Avishai, at the time we're recording this, you were only a few weeks away from, from Mobile World Congress. Is there anything that, uh, you know, that, that we should be expecting from Amdocs, uh, overall in the context of, of the Barcelona event? Yeah. First of all, uh, I think you can meet me in person. So only this. That'd be was, great. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, seriously speaking, I think that you are going to see a general front center in everything we do. Uh, you'll see a new announcement of ours uh, when it comes to uh, our capabilities uh, related to Gen AI. Obviously, we'll see a lot of uh, traction to our existing CES. We are announcing CES24 coming with many, many cool stuff around our monetization engines, our digital engines. But, you know, the audience is, is kind of uh, already expecting us to innovate in those directions. So we are coming with a very strong offering to the B2B segment which is a, a focus area of ours. We're coming with uh, some key innovative solutions, not just in pure Gen AI, but also injected into our products. So we will demonstrate those. We will show uh, use cases about how we injected also AI, not just Gen AI, uh, into some of our, of our offering. And uh, it, I think it, it will be very, very uh, interesting to see uh, how we progressed also in the network domain where we're going to announce uh, some uh, interesting stuff related to both, again, Gen AI, but also automation and uh, some capabilities that will allow customers to leapfrog their existing technology, not by changing everything, rather on a gradual manner to move into a more modern infrastructure and solution with our uh, unique capabilities. Terrific. Sounds like a well worth a visit. And yeah, we look forward to, to seeing some of those things in, in person. Uh, Avishai, thanks so much for your time today. Fascinating set of insights. Really appreciate it. And we'll see you in a, in a few weeks. Thank you, guys. It was a pleasure. Thank you, Avishai. Thank you, John. Thank you, Robert. You have been listening to the Appledore Research Podcast. Join us next time for more insights and conversation on the transformation of telecom.